0: Hi and welcome to Being Lutheran a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Good and Pastor Brett Bow and Pastor Adam Osier continue their discussion on the Small Call Articles. Being Lutheran is sponsored by the Free Lutheran Bible College and Seminary, establishing students
1: in the eternal and inerrant Word of God for a life of faith in Jesus Christ and faithful service in His kingdom since 1964. To learn more or apply,
2: look at flbc.edu. Welcome to the Being Lutheran Podcast. I am Pastor Brett Bowe and I'm joined by Pastor Jason Goodham and Pastor Adam Osier.: We're just going to get the apology
1: uh, out of the way Disclaimer. right away. Disclaimer. Yes. So what happened, dear listener, is that our in-studio producer, Luke, alerted us to the fact that our soundboard has sound effect buttons. Yes. And uh, we're we're all enamored of this, but in reality, Adam is yeah, especially
2: gung ho about it. He's like this. a kid at the candy store. I am
0: actually considering moving my chair to the other side of the table <laughs> and only inserting those sound effects and not talking. For you, any want, of you this you
1: want to hear Adam's voice on the podcast at all? Just random sound effects. And we just gained a whole bunch of listeners, <laughs> and there was much rejoicing, Sir Robin. Uh, so we're gonna try our best to not make this College sports talk radio, uh, as we can. Jason is going to try his best. I'm going to try my ever loving best to have this be what we're used to. But in the meantime, just know that uh, we have your best interests at heart. Uh, That's
2: right. (laughs) 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 Brett, what are we uh, doing today? All right. So, beyond just having fun, which this is, uh, we are talking about the small called articles. We are in Article 4. of Part 2, I think. 2.4. Yeah, we, we, we we've
1: just gone to <clears throat> right. that because we've got uh, another several articles after this. This is the yeah. last article in Part 2 before we get to Part 3. Yep. Part 3 is where Luther does his good good work. That's where Luther's at his belligerent best. Uh, we get some great lines from Luther in Part 3, and it's where we get the, the really the best part of uh, all of the Small Called articles is Luther's brief section on enthusiasm, hmm. which is as good as it gets Sweet. in the Book of Concord. Can't wait. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the schwarmer where he compares his op- opponents to the buzzing bees. Yes. Of nonsense. Can't wait to talk about that. But Good stuff.
0: Enthusiasts.
2: Yep. But for <laughs> now, we get to uh, talk about the pope. That's yes. what 2.4 is about. Yeah, about the papacy and and you know, we were uh, thinking about the these episodes here and just realizing that, you know, down the road, uh, many, many episodes from now, (laughs) seven or eight months from (laughs) now, (laughs) right. Uh, we will start to get into the power and primacy of the Pope.
1: Yeah. So we're going to be doing a lighter treatment of this article just because there's so much overlap. Uh, and it's not because we don't love Luther or we really, really love Melanchthon, but Melanchthon really does a good job of systematically laying out our objections to the papacy and why we're opposed to it. So we're going to be exploring a couple different angles from Luther's writings with these four articles. Mm -hmm. and uh, just kind of let that be our launching point.
2: Yeah, sounds good. So uh, I guess to get us started here today, you know, this article is kind of lengthy, like 16 paragraphs there about, I'm just going to read a couple of paragraphs to get us thinking on on the topic before us, uh, the papacy, and uh, I'd like to read paragraph three and paragraph five from this article and we can launch off from there. So uh, paragraph three says this, Hence it follows that all the things that the pope has undertaken and done on the strength of such false mischievous blasphemous usurped authority have been and still are purely diabolical transactions and deeds except what <laughs> snibbly whiplashes around the corner. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> from, uh, uh, oh. <laughs> That wasn't me. <laughs> uh, yeah. oh, good stuff. All right. Uh, picking up. Except what pertains to secular government, where God sometimes permits much good to come to a people through a tyrant or a scoundrel, which can contribute to the destruction of the entire holy Christian church insofar as this lies in his power, and come into conflict with the first fundamental article, which is concerned with redemption in Jesus Christ. And then paragraph five says... The papacy is a human invention and is not commanded. It is unnecessary and it is useless. The Holy Christian Church can exist very well uh, without such a head, and it would have remained much better if such a head had not been raised up by the devil. Uh, n- n- not, not mincing words here. Yeah. yeah. So
0: is Luther for or against the papacy, um, Jason? <laughs> I,
1: if I could t- have a time machine, go back 500 years, but really the only thing I'd ask Luther. So how do you really feel? <laughs> Would you quit, quit? playing your cards so close to the vest. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I, I forgot about that line until you yeah. you read it, Brett. But the yeah. the what is it? The have been and still are purely diabolical yeah. transactions. Yeah.
2: Wow. <laughs> yes. Well, I love that line. Yeah.
1: yeah. So this is uh, we assigned this topic to you, Brett. So you're leading the way. Yeah,
2: yeah. So (laughs) as we think about this here, you know, I I think as much as there is all this negative talk about the Pope, and rightfully so, it's because the the real truth is this, and and we don't want to get too far into this without saying just a pure biblical truth that Jesus Christ is the head of the church and not the Pope. And I mean that's that's what Luther is is really. Um, railing against here is that this whole office of the the Pope, the papacy, has been set up as as a, a false replacement for Christ who is the true head of the church.
1: Yeah, it's it's really interesting how Luther lays it out, besides the, mm-hmm. the vitriol and, and over-the-top language. The, the two conclusions are that Jesus Christ is the head of the church and that Scripture in no way, the logical progression of Scripture, in no way leads us to where you get the papacy. Mm-hmm. In fact, it's the opposite. <laughs> yeah,
0: and mm-hmm. it's interesting, as you read Luther here and other places about the Pope, One, he uses at times, and this is, this is probably consistent with the rhetoric of the day, right? But he, he highlights certain things like the fact that there are popes who were married and had Ill, illegitimate children using that phrase, right? Uh, ha- having children and, and having many women and, and, it, you know, those kinds of things, they bought the office and you can point to all of these really, really, really bad popes over the course of history. You can point to, uh, aspects of history where there were several popes because one was refusing to to back down and the other was saying, oh, and I'm the pope. And, and so there were several popes. And you can use, that's called theology by anecdote. And they did that in the rhetoric of the time. But the key foundation here is, even if you had the best pope, even if you had the person who was absolutely fantastic in that role, yet still believed the theology behind what they would argue that this office is, it would be wrong because it's a violation of justification by grace through faith in Jesus
2: Christ. Yeah. yeah, and I and I think that we need to be careful not to have the current pope in mind when oh, we think of word. this too. I mean, I mean, there's probably a lot He's to say. He's probably not in the top third of popes. No, so. <laughs> no. <laughs> I like how you said that, though, Adam. Of uh, even if it's this really awesome pope, like if it's you had still... the
1: George Washington as yeah. pope,
0: <laughs> what would Luther have said about the current pope?
1: Uh, oh, I think yeah, I think yeah. he
0: would probably make reference to well no that's mean I, isn't I don't it? think he'd stop laughing he only uh, has one lung you know so th- that that <laughs> that one lung puts out all kinds of arrogant windbag yeah. you know that I, yeah. I just I could be Luther I would be good at that I'm terrible at some of this theology stuff
1: when 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 I see Luther reacting with like some of the stuff Francis has done yeah. all I actually picture is that meme with Will Smith you know mm-hmm. just holding his hands <laughs> out and like like Luther's like everything I warned you about. Yeah, this guy... Is the one who's walking all over that, right? but he, but
0: you know, the Pope of his day was just as yeah, uh, Leo you know, for different great. reasons mm-hmm. completely messed up, and and we can point to all of these anecdotal things, but it's the office we have to divorce the person from the office, and right. yep. and there's conversations both ways, but at the end of the day,
1: we have to focus on what is the what is wrong with the office. Yeah. Well, I I kind of actually want to push back on that a little bit because because of the theology of Scripture here, it, it's the very fact that we can't divorce. The person from the office is the problem, right? Because of, of who the papacy, who the pope is supposed to be, of what the papacy is supposed to be, you re- basically have to require the dude to be perfect. Hmm. And, and if you go back in history, uh, the, the the very tragic, awful things popes have done kind of prove the point. It's like the existence of the papacy proves the doctrine against the papacy. You got how many illegitimate papal children have there been? Uh, especially in the corrupt time leading up to Luther, right? And and, and it wasn't even Luther. The reforming movement against the papacy uh, had picked up steam for 200, 250 years before because the popes of the Middle Ages were so awful. Uh, You had the time when there were the two popes. Uh, I believe there was a time when there was three Three popes. popes. And you had the the Babylonian captivity of the papacy when it was in Avignon, uh, and and uh, I just listened to a podcast of the history of what was going on with that. just absolutely fascinating hmm. on, on all of these things. But yeah, you know, in our critique of the theology, we want to disconnect the person from the office. We don't want to be critiquing the person when we're critiquing the office. But in fact, it's the critiques of the person that make the office so untenable. It. It is,
0: but I th- what I'm what I'm saying, Jason, is more along the lines. I, I don't disagree with what you've said. I'm saying that the office itself, saying that there is one man biblically who should be representative head of the church, uh, whose words, when spoken ex cathedra, are as binding as Scripture. All of those, I mean, just that very notion. There is no man, and you're, like you're saying, you know, there's nobody perfect that could fit that role, which is part of it, right? Yeah. And, and so. So it's kind of a, a self-refuting thing, but at the end of the day, just that very notion that there is somebody else in the the uh, office of the Pope or the seat of Peter or whatever we want to call it uh, is, is to take away from the finished work of Christ, yep. and it's to take away from the pastoral office as described in in the New Testament. It's to take away the whole idea, idea of ecclesiology. How how did God orchestrate and uh, set up and He's Jason. are he playing with his microphone I'm over here. Straightening it out.
1: Sorry. Uh, sorry. It was
0: it was distracting. I was like, he's going to make a noise in the middle of a really really good point I'm yeah. making here. Yeah. And you know, I'm afraid that that people wouldn't listen. Hang on. Where's the rim shot? That was a joke. Anyway, all that to say, they should not have showed me this. Please clap. All that to say, there is a um, there is a fundamental issue with the fact. That we think there's a person sitting in the seat of Peter yeah. who rules it all,
1: and isn't that kind of the whole point of the discussion w- with what you're saying? And, and we're, we're kind of saying the same thing in two different directions. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, uh, but but come on, guys, get along. Get along. Can we? Can we all just get along? <laughs> yes. Uh, but but what we're looking at here is uh, the the criticism of the Pope, the critiques of the papacy have led to almost as many errors as the papacy itself right because this is the thing it's like okay well uh, in no way does scripture point to the Pope and you get into this error well then we shouldn't have any ecclesiastical hierarchy whatsoever mm-hmm. right and, and and that's what we see in modern American, Christianity Mm -hmm. is that we just blow away this notion of any ecclesiastical authority, and I'm kind of careful how I'm qualifying this because we're in a very congregational church body in the AFLC, but this is part of the problem. It's like, no, 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 we don't have a problem with with the bureaucratic authority of a bishop hmm Right? Th- yeah, th- like, that's not what the objection right. is here. And the
2: first paragraph here says he's just the the bishop and pastor of the churches in Rome. Yeah. And you know, if it were just contained to that, it the, the Pope might be okay in a sense. Is that
1: well it's 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 we you know we, we fall back on first 1 Corinthians fourteen forty, right? Let everything be done decently in order. It's it's we're not advocating for anarchy when we critique the Pope. We're advocating is that you keep pushing Justification by grace through faith back far enough that sooner or later just falls off the end of the table, and and it's the the sinful nature that inserts us into the equation. That's where the office office of the papacy comes from. The office of the papacy, if it was tied back to church hierarchy, that you know that's what Melanchthon writes. Is let's talk about that. Let's Mm -hmm. talk about ecclesiastical authority. Let's talk about that sort of thing. But but Luther jumps right into the the doctrine of the papacy. And like Adam, you brought in ex cathedra. The doctrine of ex cathedra in that. And, and uh, you know, it'd be fair for us to talk about, you know, a separate can of worms would be the doctrine of the two swords, mm-hmm. where, where the where Pope has both ecclesiastical and um, societal authority. Mm-hmm. And all of that, and that's where Luther, that's how Luther gets to diabolical. Yeah, You know, right. that's how he gets <laughs> <Yeah>. to satanic <laughs> doctrine. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Huh. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I guess how how did we get to this point? How did How did it become where in in church history, was it just kind of looking at that text and where Jesus says... Yeah, well, you say uh, Peter. Right, Peter. (laughs) I mean, uh, then from there, it just kind of grew and expanded to the point of
1: yeah, it'd be a good Full. refresher. So Matthew yeah. 16, um, yeah. and was it 16, 18, uh, Jesus says, you are Peter, and on this rock, I will build my church. And, and uh-huh. Peter said, so... Go, 16 and 17. 16 it? and yeah, 17, yeah, yeah. So earlier, uh, Jesus goes, uh, who do people say that I am? And Peter, for the apostles, says, well, some say John the Baptist, some say the prophet And and Jesus goes, well, who do you say that I am? And uh, Peter says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And then Jesus responds, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will never prevail against you. And the Roman Catholic interpretation of this, as time went on, is that Jesus gave Peter specifically the office of the keys. And, and that's the distinction. And uh, the Protestants and the rest of Christianity has said Jesus gave Peter and by proxy the apostles and by proxy through them all of the church, the office of the keys. Yeah, the idea
0: is mm-hmm. when, when Jesus says on this rock, you are Peter, P- Petra is the, the, the Greek yeah. word for rock. So it's a play on words. Yeah, it's a play on words. And on this rock, I will build my church. Uh, The interpretation historically uh, with the Catholic Church, as I understand it, was that they understood the rock as peter himself and rather than confession. peter's confession which was that he is the christ the son of the living god and that's the that's the reality on which the church is built um, you know the church's one foundation is jesus christ her lord you know all of those all of that language i think the the protestant church has has acknowledged that luther acknowledged that that this confession was the rock on which the church would be built not a single person outside of jesus which is to re- repudiate everything. It's like, okay, so, so God came to us in human flesh to live a perfect life, to do everything we couldn't, to die on a cross bearing all of our sin and giving us his perfect righteousness in, in its place. But we need Peter now. No. Well, what? What you need is Peter. <laughs> yeah. So, especially like five <laughs> minutes after the conversation,
1: Peter's like, "Oh, you don't have to die." And, and Jesus yeah. is like, "You idiot! <laughs> yeah. Just shut up, Peter." The, the The Rock is built on the guy who. Two minutes later, Jesus says, "Get thee behind me, Satan." Yeah. Yeah. So, so simultaneously, here's Peter, right? Just blabbing. He's yeah. just
0: talking, going on and on, like me, and and he says, "Blah blah 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 blah." And at one point, he says the right thing. He's like, "You didn't, you didn't figure this one out, Peter. It was your father. It was my yeah. father in heaven who revealed." this to you.
1: And then like five minutes later, he's like, get thee behind me, Satan, because he's, you know, spouting blasphemy. L- literally the two seconds in all of scripture where Peter isn't inserting his foot into his mouth. <laughs> like, every other time we see him in the gospels, he's saying something dumb or doing something rash or or anything. So yeah, you know, that's kind of straw man-ish to go down, yeah, but there's a yeah. reality yep, to that, right? You yep. know, Adam, you highlight the point Perfectly is you have the perfect Son of God crucified in your place for the forgiveness of your sins, risen to give you victory over sin, death, and the devil. Or you've got Peter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What are you gonna build you your want? church on? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> not only do you have yep. Peter, but you have four hundred years of church history in which there wasn't actually a pope, and the guy you claim was. The, the, who ended up being the first pope didn't even want to be pope. Yeah, Gregory the Great like no, yeah no no. <laughs> yeah. Don't, to, do that. Make, to make those distinctions, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: I mean that's like horror film bad decision level, right? You know who oh, should I go into this hide in this closet full of chainsaws that commercial? Yeah, the Geico yeah, right. commercials. Yeah, he's like no no you know the, and and that's that's how bad of a decision it would be to build yeah. a church on a person. Now uh, yeah. now here's here's the reality. Jesus is clear that there will be an entity that he's clear that there's going to be something that's going to happen and be there on which we are going to follow him and in the, the body in which we're going to grow. And he calls it the church as, as a whole. He's talking about, and now he's not, I don't think at any point there, even the office of the keys, Jason, you bring that up. Uh I, that, that absolutely is true. And, and he gives it to, to the, you know, Peter to the apostles to, to the church by proxy. But but that's not even the point here. It's the entity that, that God has desired to make his confession be known within, and that is the
1: church. Well, and this is probably just a good point to wrap up yeah. our apologetic yep. of how yep. this is going, because I mean it's one thing to critique it, it's another thing to present why we critique it, you know, the yep. the opposite end of things. And, and and there's two two areas we should shore up. You know, I brought in the idea of the office of the keys yep. and so a parallel passage to this would be John 20, uh, a post-resurrection appearance of Jesus. And uh, you have John 20, oh, I forget what the verse is. It's before uh, Jesus deals with Thomas. Uh, And he says, if you forgive the sins of anyone, they will be forgiven. If you bind the sins of anyone, they will be bound. Something to that effect. It's John 20. And in that passage... Uh, the the Greek language makes it clear that the "u" is plural, and and this is part of the problem for us today is that we don't uh, unless you live in the south, we don't have a good way y'all. of of distinguishing. That's why you gotta go back to y'all version or yins, or yins in yins, Pittsburgh or or use guys mm-hmm. uh, in, in certain boroughs of New York City. Uh, yes. uh, but it, uh, Jesus gives the power of forgiveness, which we would say is the power of the keys. Uh, he gives that to all of the apostles and then, again, by proxy to all of the church. So he says, you know, Jesus in his typical Southern Galilean drawl, he says, if y'all forgive the sins of anyone, <laughs> their sins are forgiven. Yeah. You know, kind of a thing like that it was terrible. Right. That was a was was violation. Uh,
2: wop, wop. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> that was the wrong button. <laughs> What we are right now is we're just killing uh, momentum. Yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, the other place in scripture we want to go yeah. for this apologetic, and you know, so the Roman Catholic Church says that the church is built on Peter as the first Pope. But if you go to Ephesians chapter two, the church is built on the foundation of the prophets and the apostles. It's built on the word of God, which is exactly the content of Peter's confession. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. Yeah, Jesus well in John five says, you search the scriptures because in them you think we have, you have life. It is these that tell you about me. Right? And so when Paul teaches that the church is built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, with Christ Jesus being the cornerstone, he doesn't even mention Peter. You know, it's not built on a mortal man, it's built on Jesus Christ and our completed redemption as communicated to us in the Word of God
2: amen maybe we should end there uh yeah, we, mercifully uh, before mercifully, adam presses yeah, any other wrong buttons uh, on the soundboard wow I,
1: really I, is that it yeah. i was waiting all along this whole episode <laughs> for
0: jason to say the words generic american ah, church and yes. i was
2: gonna Ooh, <laughs> yes yeah.
0: That is the perfect sound effect for the generic American it church. It
1: is. It's the, we'll get there next, next episode. Time. We'll be uh, we'll be done railing against the Roman Catholics. Uh, next episode, we'll be we'll be returning to our familiar punching bag, the generic American church, because <laughs> the whole upshot of us fighting against the papacy is that in the generic American church, we've recreated the papacy. Yeah.
2: All right. We'll see you next time.
1: Thank you for joining us. Please look
0: us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Also invite a friend to check us out on Spotify and iTunes. Do you know a student who would benefit from the training at the Free Lutheran Bible College? Encourage them to apply at flbc.edu. Applications are open for both fall of 2023 and 2024. Start here. Go anywhere grounded in God's Word.